and I'm loud enough, and uh, but online cannot, so if wherever they're sitting. But uh, I tell you, it is good to see you here uh, in the Lord's house, and uh, I am so grateful uh, to be here, and I hope that you enjoy coming to church. And uh, I tell you, this is a good pick-me-up. Uh, every single week, I love gathering, and I want you to make it a priority, and many of you do, and I'm grateful that you are here. I want to echo what Pastor David said, and if this is your first time here, every single week, we always have people who visit us um, you know, on a regular basis, and I just want to say thank you so much for being here today, and if we have not met before, uh, my name is Josh, and I would love the chance to meet you after the service, and uh, so if you can, I'll be right down front. I would love to meet you, so if you're new here, uh, come down down front, and uh, we can hang out for a few minutes after the service uh, together. I also want to just make mention of this. Many of you, uh, I know, heard uh, this week, and uh, if you're new to our church, you might not be as familiar with who we're talking about, but uh, this past week, uh, somebody very important to our ministry here went home to be with Jesus, and I say that very directly because as we're down here, and and this afternoon, we're going to be, you know, mourning, and we have a family that's mourning here today, that right now, as we stand here today, She's in the presence of her Lord and Savior. And, uh, and if you've lost a loved one who knows Jesus as well, uh, they're right there, and uh, right there in the presence of, of God. But Miss Barbara Fletcher... Uh, met Jesus this week face-to-face, and uh, the reason why I wanted you to know that, especially for some of you who have just kind of joined our church in the last maybe few years, and uh, you're not as familiar with them, is uh, Miss Barbara and Pastor Fletcher led this church for many, many years. For 38 years, they led this place, and uh, and so they mean the world to us. They mean the world to my family, and uh, if it wasn't for them and them saying yes to Jesus, who knows if I would ever be here today, and and uh, so we are grateful for them and, and their kids, you know, and our church and, and just the impact that they've made here. And uh, this afternoon, we'll be having a memorial service uh, for Miss Barbara at 3 o'clock today. And uh, I encourage you to be here uh, to support them. There'll be a visitation before that uh, this afternoon. And uh, definitely be here, if at all, uh, all possible, uh, to show your love and respect for uh, for them. Um, uh, if you got your Bible, Ephesians chapter number six, Ephesians chapter number number six, and uh, we are going to continue our series today on the armor of God. And uh, we've been in this series. This is the fourth week uh, of our of our series, and uh, this is Paul. He's writing as he's concluding kind of his final thoughts to the church at Ephesus, to a real church uh, much like this one, and he's writing and he's concluding his thoughts here in Ephesians chapter 6, and he talks about the warfare uh, that we experience. He, he's reminding these Christians, and, and for you today, if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus, I want you uh, during this series to just be remembering the fact that you are in a battle every single day. There is warfare inside of you, inside of your spirit. And the reason is, is because at the moment of salvation, we are given the indwelling spirit of God. So you have the spirit of God, but you still have the fleshly nature. You know, that nature in your life that, that sometimes rears its ugly head. You know what I'm talking about is, is sometimes somebody makes you mad and you lose your mind with them and you're like, where did that come from? That's the flesh, right? And, uh, but there are times in your life, I hope, where you have the spirit who wins out. And you're wondering, where did that come from? That's the indwelling spirit of God. But those two are at war with one another, and we are constantly in 
a battle. Your life is a, a battle. And here's the point that Paul was trying to make, and I think we can summarize this this way is this, and I've said this every single week, and I just want you to be reminded about this, is that the devil, or our enemy, is after our destruction. Or I'll say it this way, he is after your destruction. He is after the destruction of your family, of your children, and of your very life. That's what the enemy wants. That's why, uh, you know, in the movies and, and in culture, the way that they depict the enemy and the devil is much different than the way that he comes to attack your family. He's not, you know, the red suit guy with the horns and the pitchfork and the different things that we see that culture depicts him as. He's actually disguises himself, as the scripture says, as an angel of light. In other words, what he's trying to do in your family is he's trying to disguise himself into whatever form he has to in order to get a foothold into your life. And he can do that through friends. He can do that through uh, what you're watching on TV. He can do that through the internet, through media. He can do that through a bunch of different ways, sometimes good things. And what he wants to do is disguise himself as an angel of light so that he could eventually, hopefully, destroy your, your life. So here in Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul gives us the strategy in order to win the war. The strategy in order to win the battle, and it's the armor of God. I'm going to continue reading this every week. He says this, verse number 10, he says, Finally, my brethren or brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Just to remind you that the power and the strength and the might that is needed to fight the battle is not in you, it's in the Lord. It's in the Lord that lives inside of you. That's where the power comes from. So if you're trying to fight in your own strength, you're going to fail every single time. You're going to fail every single time. And by the way, doesn't that take a lot of pressure off of us? takes a lot of pressure off of us to know that it's not us that has to do the fighting. It's actually him that lives inside of us. And Paul says, be strong in him and be strong in his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Then he goes on to mention the different pieces of armor. He says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. That was, we looked in week number one of our series, at the belt of truth. The truth should determine what you believe in life. The truth of Scripture, the Scripture should be the determining factor of what is true and what is not true in your life. Then he goes on and says, in having on the breastplate of righteousness. I want you to remember that the only way that you can live out the righteousness of God is by trusting in the only one who is righteous. And by trusting in him for your salvation, you now have the righteousness of Jesus in your life. Then last week we looked at verse number 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How beautiful are the feet upon him that, that proclaims good tidings and publishes the salvation of the Lord around the world. And then in verse number 16 is which where we're going to park today. It says, above all, 
taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of, of the wicked. And so I want to look at today the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Let's look first at the nature of our shield of faith. The nature of our shield of faith. In other words, what is the shield of faith. I want to look at this and kind of just spend a few moments in verse number 16 together with you, dissecting what this means. And first of all, I want to make note of the first two words. He says this in verse 16, above all, above all. Now, it's easy for us to interpret that and immediately think that this is the most important piece of the armor that there is, right? If he says above all these other things that we have, it must be that, but it's much more than that. That phrase, above all, has the idea of in addition to everything else, or you could say this, in every circumstance that you find yourself in. In every situation that you find yourself in, you need to take up the shield of of faith. Now, I want you to notice another thing about this verse that's interesting is this. If you look in verse number 14, uh, you'll see something that's interesting that compared to verse number 16. There's a verb change here. In verse number 14, it says, stand therefore having, having, And then if you see verse number 16, it says, above all these, in in every circumstance, take up, if you would. Here's the reason why it changes from having to taking, is here, is the first three that we've looked at, the first one was the belt of truth, if you remember. We have the truth of Scripture. You already have that into your life. In fact, the reason why you can trust Jesus is because you trust in the truth of Scripture. You already have that in your life. And then you got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. At the moment of salvation, you are gifted, or the scriptural word is imputed, the righteousness of Jesus. So the righteousness of Jesus Christ, his very, God's own son's righteousness is placed into your life at the moment of, uh, of salvation. So you have the truth, you have the righteousness, and then you need to take the gospel and have your feet ready to go and share the gospel. You have the gospel. Now here, he makes an interesting change here, and he says, take the shield of faith. He says, take the shield of faith. In other words, we have to pick up the shield of faith and put it on in every area of our our life. Now, if you think about a shield, a Roman soldier would usually have a shield that was about two and a half feet wide, and it was about four foot uh, long. In, in fact, um, what their shields were used for, they were so big, is that they could actually crouch behind behind the shield, and it would cover their entire body. It would cover their entire body. In fact, what they could do, and you'll see a picture up on the screen, in fact, what they could do is they could line up all of their shields, and many different people would get behind them, and they could protect their entire life their entire life. By the way, I think this is worth noting because of the picture that you see here is this is how their shields would be used and it could protect a lot of them. Those shields were actually to be used most of the time to be linked together, to be linked together. And this is another reason why you need to be in life with one another. 
This is why being in a local church and committing to the local church and going all in into the local church, this is another reason why it's so important because we say here all the time, we grow better together. We grow better in the context of relationships. And so that's why we ask every single one of you, we're, we're glad you're here at a 10 a.m. service, but if you really want to get the most out of your Christian life, you have to go a step deeper and to join some type of community. We have Bible fellowships here. you got to join some type of Bible study where there's people around you that you can link arms with that you can stay, stay protected. Well, what the shield was, it would protect their very life. It would protect all of them. It would protect the entire body. The shield was used for protection. I can think back about a, about a, a year ago, actually last summer, um, me uh, and we were at the wilds um, with our kids, and, um, and I was golfing uh, with Ryan Moon. And we were actually golfing, and uh, we were getting ready. We had just teed off. And it was a very old course that we were playing in the mountains. And, um, and we were playing with some guys from the wilds. And uh, we were all out there together. And we had a couple different groups that went off. And uh, it was one of those old courses where when you're teeing off, like the other tee box and the green, they're really close together. So these guys are teeing off going this way. And we're actually teeing off going this way. So we had just hit our ball. And we got into the, I was driving, and Ryan was in the passenger seat. And uh, we get into our golf cart, and for whatever reason, it wasn't raining that day, but we had the windshield up. And so we had the windshield of the golf cart up, and I'm really glad that we did because these guys on the, uh, on the tee box, they nailed their drive. And I kid you not, we're just driving away, and that thing, like, nailed the windshield right at us and, like, cracked the windshield and everything. It, it was wild. I, never, I haven't spoken to those people again since, okay? It made me so mad. I'm just kidding, but I remember the, the importance of, of the shield. You see, it's a, it's a protection. And so as, as the enemy is throwing things at us, these fiery darts that the enemy likes to send, the shield is there for you to take up and to put up over your whole life, your whole body, so that it can fully protect you. You see, the shield of faith, it has the ability to protect your whole life, your whole body. And he says it's a shield of, of faith. So it's important for us to understand what faith is. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, um, it describes what faith is. We know this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, not seen. And, and here's what I want you to know. When he says the shield of faith, Take it up. There's two different things that I want you to notice. First of all, saving faith is what gets you into a relationship with God. You see, saving faith, when you trust in Him and stop trusting in your own power, in your own self, in your own works, that is saving faith. But here, this is faith for the Christian. This is like your faith in Him and His will for your life and in Him and His goodness for your, over your life and in Him and His power in your, your life. You see, faith is trusting in something that you have not seen. You could say it this way. Faith is grasping the promises of God as if they have already happened in your life. It's grasping something that is a promise of God that might even be future, and it's grasping as if it's already happening 
or happened in your life. It is trusting the truth of God to the point of where you act upon it. You see, faith is when you believe something, but it's also followed by your your action. It's followed by your action. True faith will be revealed in how you act upon it. In other words, don't say verbally that you believe in God if you are not placing your faith in Him every single day of your life. You see, there's an action that comes uh, with it. That's why after the Sermon on the Mount, if you remember, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus, after his most famous sermon that he preached, and he talks about everything about the Christian life, he says, whoever heareth these things and doeth them. And then in chapter 7, he says, if you do, if you obey, if you place your faith and live by faith, here's what's going to happen in your life, is your life is going to be just like a man who built their life on the rock. In other words, he says, if you, if you just say it, but you don't actually act upon the faith that you say that you have, then you're going to be like a person who builds their life on the sand. And, and that's when your, your life, your emotions are going to be here, your emotions are going to be there, you're going to be up and down constantly in life. Why? Because you're not placing your full faith and trust into him. You see, it's believing, but it's also acting upon the truth of scripture. And what Paul is saying here in Ephesians chapter 6 is he's saying this, believing and acting upon the truth of scripture, it will protect you from the enemy's attacks. When you believe scripture and you trust in scripture and you live by faith in the scripture that you believe and that you're acting upon, it's this shield that protects you from whatever the enemy is throwing at you. You see, that's the nature of the shield of faith. Let's look secondly at the object of the shield of faith. The object of the shield of faith. He says, or here, Paul, he's not saying, and I want to be very clear when I say this, he's not saying that your act of faith makes the difference. Okay, So I don't want you to think that the power is in you. In other words, I don't want you to think today when you leave here like, man, if I try really hard and if I work really hard at this and I focus really hard at this, then I will, you know, ward off all of the attacks of the enemy. No, in fact, I don't want you to think that the power lies within you because the power doesn't lie within you. It it actually lies within the object of where your faith is placed in. Does that make sense? So it's placed in him. And so in Scripture, if you look in the Old Testament, God is regularly viewed or written as our shield. So when he says, take up your shield of of faith and hide behind it and it will protect you, it's basically saying that you need to have your faith every single day. If you want to ward off all the attacks of the enemy, you got to place your faith in him. The object of your faith is where the strength comes from. Genesis chapter 15, remember when the word of the Lord came to Abraham. And it said this in a vision. He said, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse number 5. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Psalm chapter 3, verse 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Psalm 28 verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my 
shield. Psalm 119 verses, uh, or verse number 114. Thou art my hiding place and my, my shield. And my shield. You see, the power that you can have to ward off and to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, it is not in just your act of faith. It's in the object of your faith. You see, when you place your faith in Him, it's all about where or whom your faith is placed in that makes all of the difference. You see, this is where the power comes from. His Word is power, and when you place your faith and trust in His Word the ob- as the object of your faith, you become powerful. So in other words, when my faith is placed in His Word, In his word, if that's where my faith is placed in, right? And that's where it is. It's not my act of faith that makes me strong. It's actually the object of my faith, his word, and in him alone. And what happens is, is once you place it in that, the object of your faith, it makes you powerful. It makes you defended. It protects you, not because of you, but because of who you're trusting in. You see, that's the difference of the shield of faith. That's the object of our faith. Number three, I want you to see the strength of our shield of faith. The strength of the shield of faith. And I want you to see this. In verse number 16, he says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, there's a lot of darts coming your way, and and I want you to know, as a a word of caution, parents specifically, there's a lot of darts coming through your family's ways, through your kids' ways. They're, They're coming. The enemy is constantly trying to attack your family. And remember, the reason why he's trying to attack you and why he's trying to disguise himself as, a, as an angel of light in your family's life is so that he could destroy you. So that he could destroy you. And what the Apostle Paul is saying, and he's telling us to the church, he's talking to Christians, he says that if you take up your shield of faith, that that shield of faith will be able to quench or, or really suppress all of the fiery darts that are thrown at you. So as the enemy is shooting darts at you, in other words, this shield is around you as a protection to fight for you and to defend you and to protect you, okay? And so that's the strength that we have uh, here that we find ourselves in. I think if I was to go around the room, everybody wants to be defended from the enemy, right? Every person in here wants to. Okay? There's not a person in here that's like, man, I don't need a shield to defend me. No, we all want the shield of faith. And when you take it up, you are actually strong. You see, the enemy's main attack are the lies that he throws at you. It's the lies that he constantly is throwing at you. If you remember back in Genesis chapter 3, right? How did the, the first sin that happened in the world, if you remember what happened is the serpent, he disguised himself as a serpent, as a snake, and, and came and, and tempted Eve and, and Adam. And when all that went down, what, how did he tempt them? He wanted them to doubt the word of God. He, he tempted them by trying to get them to doubt what God says his, or what he told them. And the way that the enemy is going to try, to try to attack you and try to destroy you is he is going to get you to doubt what God says about you. He's going to constantly throw lies at you. Hey, did God really mean that? 
Or did God really say that? In other words, when he throws lies at you, we have to take up this shield of faith and put it around us and believe in a deeper object. In other words, here's what the devil throws at us all the time. And, and you might resonate with some of these. Here's some of his lies. He'll tell us that we're no good. You ever felt that way? You ever felt that way? Like, man, you're no good. You'd never amount to anything. You could never be used by God. Or how about this? You're nothing. The devil will come into our life and he'll disguise himself and he'll say these things. Or he'll say, you're pathetic. Or, or do you really think that God could love you? You ever felt that way? When you think about your life and, and you start to feel like, is there any way that God could love me? Does he not realize how depraved and how bad and ugly and wicked and sinful I am? How in the world could a loving God ever love somebody like me? You see, this is the devil coming into your life and trying to get a foothold. Or how about this? You could never be used by God. Some of you are sitting on the sideline because you've believed the lie that the enemy comes in and tells you and says, hey, I, I could never be used. So yet you're sitting on the sideline because you're believing the lie of the enemy. He could never use you. Or, or how about this? Have you ever felt this way, parents? You'll never be a good parent. Thank you. I, I feel you on that one. I wrote that one for me and my wife because sometimes we feel like, man, we're failing every single day, right? And, and sometimes you see it and you think, man, I could never be a good parent. Or how about this? He'll tell us, you know, or get a foothold into your life and say, hey, his word cannot be true. That doesn't apply to your life, right? If you feel like somebody wronged you, and you need to forgive them. Now, they might have really wronged you, and that's fine. We get wronged all the time. And, and by the way, if you're in this church, uh, it's not going to be long before your pastor uh, messes up at some point in your life. I'm going to fail you. And here's what we are told to do based on the Word of God is every single time is we are told to forgive that person. It's what we're told to do, right? And if you're out there today, here's what the enemy tries to do. And some of you, have a, he, you've allowed him to have a foothold in your life. Here's what the enemy will say. No, nah, that doesn't, hey, you could never forgive that person. God would understand if he knew exactly what that person did to you. You see, what the enemy tries to do is for you to see your situation differently than what the word of God says about it. And he tries to get us to doubt what God says about our situation. You see, that's what the enemy's trying to do. That's the attacks that he's trying to do. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying is this. Don't believe the enemy's lies. Start believing the truth. Stop, stop believing all of the lies and the darts that are thrown your way and at your family. Start putting the shield of the word of God up. Here's what that literally means. When you start believing a lie, start telling yourself, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Start telling yourself, Greater is he that is in me than a he that is in the world. Remind yourself often that his plans for me are to prosper me, not to hurt me. Remember that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. God is working all things together for our good. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Don't forget that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Don't forget that God is holy. God is all-powerful. God is sovereign. God is just. God is righteous. God is love. You see, here, here's the point. I'll, I'll land the plane here in a second. Is this, is that here's what the Apostle Paul's saying about the shield of faith. The enemy's throwing darts, all these lies, all these doubts in your life, and he's trying to get you to believe things that God didn't mean what he said in his word and that God could never use you and, and that you're a bad parent and, and all these different things, right? Here's what he's saying. Put up the shield of faith and remember, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You see, what the shield of faith is is when you believe the word of God and you place your faith and hope for all the power that you need in life, in the Word of God, and in Him as the object of your faith, then you are protected, and that there's a shield about you that no matter what comes your way, you can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Listen, you cannot fight this battle by yourself. You can't. But I want to remind you that greater Here's what i got to tell myself all the time. I can't fight it by myself, but greater is he that is in me than any attack that's thrown my way. And for some of you, you're, you're allowing the enemy to get a foothold into your life. Some of you are, are believing the lies that are thrown at you. Some of you are doubting what God says in his word. Some of you are justifying your actions and your behaviors based on your situation, and you're not finding the truth in Scripture. And you see, some of you are allowing the foothold of the enemy to get into your life. And what I'm telling you is this, is that if you take up the shield of faith, you'll put a protection around you that can ward off any attack that is thrown your way. You see, the strength of the shield of faith, it's not in you. It's not in me. It's in the object of where our faith is placed in. You see, if you place your faith in you, you're going to fail every single time. But when you place your faith and your hope and you get your strength from him and in his word, that's when you are fully protected. You see, I like what Ian uh, Dugwood, I hope I said his last name right, but I like what, what he wrote about this passage. I want to read this to you. He said this, By faith, trust, and really get this. It's kind of long, so bear with me. By faith, trust in the goodness of God demonstrated in the death of Jesus Christ to get you into heaven. By faith, grab the rope that God has put before you, confident that God himself will bring you safely home. By faith, trust in the power of God the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God. By faith, believe in God's unshakable love towards you in Christ, a love that will never let you go. And as you trust in the goodness, power, and love of God, you have a shield about you that will put out every flame that is thrown at you from the wicked one. You see, that's the shield of faith. Can you imagine your life this morning? What would it look like if you decided every single day to pick up the shield? Some of you, if you're not spending time in, in the Word of God every day, you're leaving your shield. You're completely out there for the enemy to throw and attack you. 
Like it, it's like you leave in. It'd be like if you're not reading your word every day, reading the word every single day. It's like you showing up to battle without a shield. You're you're showing up and and you're like, man, I'm ready to fight. Let's do this. And everybody's looking at you like, man, you don't you don't have a shield. Like you have no protection. The first bit of the enemy that you face, you're going to be down. Why? Because you have no shield. That's why it's important for us to feast upon the Word of God and to spend time in His Word and believe His Word for what it says. Not if you like it or not, but believe it as truth for your life. And when you believe it, it creates a a shield about you. Think about this. Imagine your life if you picked up the shield of faith every day. Some of you would be more confident because you would take all the pressure off yourself and you'd place it in Him. You'd be more confident and you'd stop trying to please people, right? Some of you, you're leaving the shield of faith down and you're stressed out and you're frustrated because you're trying to please and you're trying to fight in your own power. It can't be done. You see, when you trust in him, you'll find that you'll have strength when you are weak. You'll be less stressed because, listen to this, this, is so, this has helped me so much this week. You'll be so much more less stressed. Some of you, if you're a stressed person and your life is just full of stress, take up the shield of faith because then the pressure is on the shield, him, not on the person behind the shield. That's the biggest takeaway. When you're going through a, diff- a difficult circumstance in life, Stop putting all the pressure on yourself to fight and pressure on yourself to get through. No, put all the pressure on the shield, on him, on his word, and it takes all the pressure off of the person behind the shield. So I ask you, are you taking up the shield of faith? Are are you daily in the word of God? Are you protected or are you believing the lies of the enemy this morning? There's some of you that are just believing the lies, and I want you to know that there's a strength so much greater than that. Believe the truth of Scripture, and you'll be fully protected, and your family will be protected. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Would you do me a favor and just stand? Nobody looking around, heads bowed, hearts lifted in prayer. This is, this is a time for us to respond it's a time for, for us to, to respond to the word of God that's been proclaimed. And listen, the power's not in me, but I hope the power really spoke to you from the word of God. But you say, Pastor, Pastor Josh, I'm in here today and I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I've never placed my faith in Jesus to save me from my sin. I'm trusting in my own self, my own works, my own goodness, and I'm trying to trust in that, and I've never placed my faith in him. If you're in here today, would you be honest and say, I've never trusted Jesus as my Savior? Would you slip up your hand, or if you don't feel comfortable with that, maybe look at me, anybody, anywhere. Amen. It looks like I'm talking to mainly Christians in here today. Then, Christian, I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you today, Are you taking up the shield of faith? You say, Pastor, today I'm going to be honest before you. I'm going to be honest before God. I'm kind of believing some of those lies. I'm believing some of the lies that the enemy's throwing at me today. And God convicted me about that. Would you slip up your hand? Anybody anywhere? 
Sweet. I see that hand. I see those hands. Yes. Listen, we believe the lies. And the enemy wants you to believe the lies so that he could get a foothold into your life and destroy your life. This morning, we're going to have a time of response. This altar is going to be open. If your hand was raised and said, I'm believing some of these lies, I want you to make a decision. You can do that right where you're sitting or you can do it down here, but I want you to make a decision today. Let me pray for you and then our instruments will play. Father, we love you. God, I pray that you would bless in this invitation time. Give us the courage to make decisions for you. For it's in your name we pray, amen. As the music plays, listen, if God spoke to you, Maybe you need to do business with God. I just want you right where you're at just to, to tell him to take up that shield every single day. It's him. It's placing your faith in him as the power. The strength is not in us. It's in the object of our shield, of where our faith is placed in.